Before we get to today's episode of Off the Bench on the Wizards Podcast Network, we want to remind you to download the Wizards app as the season approaches. On the go and in the palm of your hand, the official Washington Wizards team app is your mobile home for all things Wizards. Everything you need to know when it comes to game previews and recaps, radio broadcasts and stats, all at the touch of a button. You can even access the Monumental Sports Network and the Wizards Podcast Network with ease. Download the official Wizards team app today. What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. I'm Jackson Filio, joined as always by Zach Rosen of Wizards Digital. And Zach, man, how about those Wizards? We are, we're coming off two consecutive wins, a Sunday-Monday back-to-back, uh, a dominant win against the Celtics, uh, and, and then a, a really solid start-to-finish performance against uh, not the Rockets team we expected to see, but a Rockets team. Uh, and it counts and it's a win and it's, it's two consecutive. Um, and I, I think when you look at both of them uh, together, it, it's, it's exactly what the team needed. There was one really, really great defensive performance against the Celtics, one kind of breakout offensive performance against the Rockets where everybody got involved and you saw a lot of the things you needed to see, um, specifically Davis Bertans, Mo Wagner, um, there's a lot to unpack in these two games, but just top level thinking, what jumped out to you? I think the the lineup change made a pretty big difference. Um, You know, starting Garrison Matthews, who had started the game on Friday also, um, but he was playing the two with Bradley Beal resting. And then come Sunday, you know, we all expect, all right, Brad will be back in Garrison back to the bench. Well, that wasn't the case. They ended up sliding Garrison to three, put Bertans back on the bench um, to come off, kind of be the sixth man there, close games instead of starting. And then Mo starting at center after he hadn't really seen a ton of time, you know, in the weeks prior, he was, of course, on uh, the health safety protocol list. Um, You know, he talked to us about that last week, and I think that kind of set him back. But Mo is probably, if you look at the difference – from the last two games to prior to that, I feel like he's kind of been the difference maker. I think his communication on defense, which has been talked about a lot, uh, I think he's just a lot more, um, you know, flexible. He can guard bigger guys. He can guard uh, smaller fives. He can play that small ball a little, a little more effectively than Robin Lopez and Alex Len. Um, so I think they, they have found a rotation that has started to work. I think, you know, as much as it is a bummer that Ish Smith got hurt, in a way, it, sh- it shrunk the rotation a little bit. Um, so Coach Brooks has been able to see more of, you know, the same guys out there. He knows who he can trust right now. I mean, you might see, you know, a Troy Brown here and there. You might see Alex Len come in and, and make an impact. Um, but it was just – it was really good to see. I mean, the Wizards are the ninth best defense in February. It's been the offense that's been holding back. I mean, they're 29th now in February. It's not like it got much better. But they shot 40% from three, over 50% from the field. Free throws were falling. Bradley Beal back-to-back 37-point games. Westbrook's been passing the ball really well. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where you look at from a baseline. But um, they just got to develop consistency. They're a really tough stretch coming up here, five games against pretty good Western Conference teams. And um, it was it was nice to see, though, obviously, the Celtics game kind of ended a little losing streak and Monday was a, a, a big game against John Wall and the Rockets. 
Yeah, you mentioned the three-point shooting. That was the thing that jumped out to me the most, especially in that that Rockets game. It was both from a team perspective and just specifically Davis Bertans, who the Wizards have said, Davis himself, Coach Brooks has said it, he needed to get going to unlock the rest of this offense. And I think that's kind of what you saw against the Rockets. And it was 12 of 30, 40% is is good, you know, but it, it's not it's not like it was some game-breaking uh, you know, three-point performance that we've seen from this team in the past. There were even earlier this season, there were better three-point games, but it was it was breaking a streak of six consecutive games that they hadn't shot 40% from three. And Davis himself went went five of six from three. He said it after the game and he, he felt different pregame and he needed it. That was that was the breakout that he was waiting to see. Um, like I said, the most threes he's hit in a game this year. And I mean, we should note it was against a, a, a strange Rockets lineup. They had a bunch of guys out due to injury. They were limited to one big. So they were playing a, a ton of guards. They had one lineup that was without question, the smallest that I had seen this season, but you got to give credit to the wizards. They, they took advantage of it. You know, there's been other opportunities earlier this season where teams have, have given them an opportunity. And part of their problem was their inability to take advantage of it. And over, over this weekend, you, you get a, a Celtics team that is not hot and you crush them. And then you get a Rockets team that's a little banged up and you beat them wire to wire. That's that's exactly what this team needed to see. Take advantage of the opportunities that are given to you. Um, try and build some momentum. And, and like you said, it it's not going to get any easier. It's Denver, Portland, LA, LA coming up um, on this West Coast road trip. And the Wizards need to play as well as they've played the last two games if they want to keep, as Coach Brooks said, chipping away at these standings. They got to do it. They dug themselves in a hole earlier in the season. But if they do what they did these past two games, they're they're uh, they're on their way. And it's it's not an Eastern Conference that is insurmountable. There are, I think it's four or five teams that have a winning record currently. The Wizards are, are near the bottom in the conference, but not by a lot. And in a season right. when, when 10 teams are going to, quote unquote, be in it for the playoffs, you're going to have that play-in series for uh, seeds seven through 10. Um, they're not far behind and it doesn't take much, especially in this Eastern conference. And when you've got guys like Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans and Russell Westbrook, who can, who can do what they did Monday night, then uh, you're there, you're in it, regardless of what your December record or your January record was. Yeah. I think five and five in the last 10 games um, outside of that four game losing streak coming after the protocol, you know, hiatus. So I think you're, you're starting to see the wizards, uh, become a bit more consistent a few of those losses were in blowouts unfortunately but they've learned from those games it, it seems like there's kind of a new energy around the team a lot of players have been saying that um and I mean yeah they're only two games back of a playing game right now it's not anything crazy like you mentioned and um I, I think it's all a good opportunity uh you're gonna have to play tough stretches of your schedule uh just use it as a measuring stick I I do feel like the Wizards have played up to competition all season so far. A lot of their, you know, they've had a few blowouts, but none of them came against opponents that, you know, were title contenders by any means. I mean, the Heat were a title contender last year and haven't really looked like one this year. So, and they had beaten them two days before. So, you know, you never know with how those games go with adjustments. Usually the losing team kind of has an advantage in that regard because they probably made more mistakes. So, I think the key, you know, moving forward is keep up this defensive intensity. The shots will go in and limit the turnovers. Um, that that would be uh, my recipe for success. And you're going to play some teams like the Blazers and the Lakers who are banged up. So take advantage of that as well and, and be as healthy as possible. 
Yeah, and the Wizards have shown flashes of, of really high ceiling. There's not a ton of wins to pick from, but some of those are by a pretty sizable margin. I mean, Timberwolves are, are struggling this season, but the Wizards crushed them. The, the Wizards blew out the Suns right before um, you know protocol hit and, and things got a little dicey. And then these past two games were were handy wins. You know what I mean? They, they, they didn't they didn't really feel particularly close for any big stretch of the game, but. Um, we'd obviously be remiss if we didn't mention that Rockets game was also John Wall's return to Capital One Arena for the first time since um, since he was traded in early December. And, you know, you could you could tell he came out. Uh, he came out aggressive. He came out flying. He looked good. He was he was fast, um, did not have as productive a second half as he did a first. But that first one was fun to watch. It was it was it was good to see him looking looking healthy and energized. He had 22 and seven in the first half and had notched a double-double before they even got to the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, a, a lot of that was – he didn't have his best shooting performance of the, of the of the year, but they were asking him to do a lot. He was essentially their their only primary offensive contributor that was available without uh, Victor Oladipo and Eric Gordon and Christian Wood and, and some of those guys. So um, a, a, a weird game, like I said, but what did you see from John? Yeah, I, I liked how he was attacking – um, he was, he was scoring pretty much at will in the first, you know, 18 minutes or so wizards made some adjustments then. Um, but you know, it's always good to see him. He looked good. Uh, it was kind of a perfect storm for him, not having all those guys in a way, like he could kind of show out. Um, but I, I, it was funny, like looking at Brad and John guard each other. Cause they actually guarded each other really well. And like, when I think back to times where they scrimmage and practice and stuff, like they always guard each other well. And it was like the rest of their teammates kind of had to carry them. But of course, you know, Brad kind of always finds his way. Just these routine 37 point games we take for granted. I mean, he's had 30 plus in back-to-back games by the end of the third quarter now. So it's ridiculous. He scores in every level. His three point shot is starting to really fall. Um, I think he's doing a better job of getting to his spots. And also, uh, it does feel like with these newer lineup combinations, you kind of have to pick your poison, which is crazy to say because it's Bradley Beal. But, I mean, you can't leave Bertans or Garrison Matthews open. Rui's proven that he can shoot and score uh, whatever way possible, and, and Mo can knock down open shots. Robin's been, I mean, like, I think one of the more underrated storylines for the Wizards is, like, how good he's been around the rim this year, which, like, makes sense. He's giant. But still, you know, there's a lot of seven-footers who don't shoot well around the rim. So um, it's been good to see. Uh, and in terms of John, you know, we wish nothing but great things for him. It's, it's kind of weird, like, that he's in the West, so we only see him twice a year now. And uh, hopefully they get healthy. And they were playing really great ball before uh, they got hit with some injury bug. And um, so we'll see. we'll see what happens with that team. And, uh, you know, we wish them the best of luck. Yeah, no doubt. And the team played a, a tribute video for for John that was commemorating his time with the team uh, about midway through the first quarter, which was good to see. Obviously, strange to have uh, a homecoming like that when there are no fans in the building. I'm, I'm you know, you, you look forward to the moment when he's able to to play in front of Wizards fans again and kind of what that will be like and the reception that he deserves. Um, but that that will come uh, in the future, not this year. Um, but uh, you, you mentioned Brad and the seasons that or the season that he has had so far. What we want to do here on this episode is kind of run through everything All Star, um, our picks, tough cuts, starters, things like that. And I, I don't think there's a better place to start than Bradley Beal, who uh, is um, 
getting the due that he deserves. We, we've seen it through two rounds of, of voting returns so far that he is the top vote getting guard in the Eastern Conference. And it is so unbelievably well-deserved. You mentioned a couple of his notes already, but after uh, Monday night against Houston, it's now 13 of the last 16 games where he's scored 30 plus points, um, leads the league in 30 point games, tied for the lead in, in 40 point games. Um, and he's trailing a lot of these guys that top this leaderboard in, in total games just because of what the Wizards went through in January with the uh, health and safety protocol situation. He's been remarkable from the start all the way until now, um, every single night. Um, and I, I think the consistency is the, the thing that, that really jumps out. And I don't know if it's something where you have to watch the team every night to see it. Everybody sees when he goes for 60 points against the Sixers or um, – you know, has one of those breakout quarters where he scores 20 some points or something like that. But it, it, it's, it's the streak of 17, 25 point games to start the season um, that I think is, is really remarkable. And the fact that um, he just brings it every single night, the team has, has struggled a little bit, but it, it's never, it's never been for, for lack of effort from Bradley Beal. Um, you know, lack of leadership or anything like that. He's been remarkable. He says the right things every, every single night. Um, and it's, it's, it's just awesome to, to see him get, um, the recognition that he deserves. And it's not just an all-star not, we, we look back to last year when he should have been an all-star. Um, and you know, th this year with the way he's playing, even <laughs> just an all-star isn't enough. Seeing him lead Eastern conference guards is, is, is proper and feels right. And, uh, and he deserves it. Yeah, I think like you touched on, I think the level of consistency is kind of what has solidified, um, you know, the way I think about Brad and his play. I think from a league standpoint, I don't really know what changed. Maybe he's averaging a few more points a game than he did last year. But the biggest difference is, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I've, I've said it to a lot of people is when that guy is your guy is leading the league in scoring. He pops up on the all-star ballot and everyone says, oh my God, Bradley Beal's averaging 33 points a game. Like, oh, he's definitely starting. And like, he should be like, that's an astronomical number. He's going to be, you know, if this keeps going, he's going to be the 17th player ever to average 30 points a game in back-to-back -back seasons. Like this doesn't happen every day. So just because the team has struggled out of the gate, you know, some, some excuses not a ton of excuses, but there are reasons why they have struggled out the gate. Um, so it, it all makes sense. Like he's probably like in my mind, I don't think there's a more deserving all-star uh, backcourt starter. Um, I think you're seeing that with the votes. Like, I mean, the last result, he was up 400,000 votes on the next person, which was a superstar. I think it was Kyrie or Harden. I forget which one on a big market team. And then uh, you know, the end of Tuesday night when we're recording this on Tuesday will be the end of voting. And I don't anticipate any of the, the media or the, or uh, the, the other players like, you know, impacting his number one spot. I think he'll probably end at number one and the number two spot, you know, we'll get to our picks, but we'll see who it is. Uh, just does it night after night. Like you said, he's a great leader. He's a great face uh, of the team. And I mean, this probably should have been his fifth all-star game, but We'll take third in a start. I feel like starting a game is a, is a big, uh, momentous achievement. Um, John Wall started a few years back, but he was a replacement. So to be voted in as the starter is a huge deal. It's got the most votes in Wizards history already. Um, it, it's special. It really is. And frankly, like I was pretty surprised at 
all the love that he ended up getting, not because he doesn't deserve it, just because of the way the narrative has been and the voting has been in the past. And, you know, shout out to all the fans for making it happen. It, it's been really cool to be a part of. Like I've said, I don't think we did anything different to make sure he got in. We always, you know, do our thing and support him, but it's been, been really cool to see. And um, we're excited to see him in Atlanta. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's actually run through the rest of our picks. Um, we're going to do both conferences. We're going to go through starters, um, locks, reserves, bubble guys that are, are, are tough cuts. Um, and, you know, we'll start in the Eastern Conference. We've already we've already blocked off that that one guard spot. I don't think there's much of a debate there. If you came looking for a counter argument to Bradley Beal's all-star candidacy, you probably came to the wrong spot. But I think there's uh, there's some discussion to be had about that that second guard spot in in the East. Um, I'll run through my starters first. I have I have Brad. Um, I went Kyrie Irving with the the second guard spot, um, and then I, I frankly I think the other the three front court spots in the East are locks with with Giannis Durant and, and Joel Embiid. What did you have? Yeah, I had Jalen Brown instead of uh, Kyrie just for he's he's played most of the games this year. Kyrie's missed a bunch of games. Um, I think Kyrie's efficiency is crazy. His defense obviously is is not where his offense is, and Jalen just does it on both ends. Um, and I I think that should be rewarded. I mean, I thought he kind of, as much as we were beating down the Celtics, he was kind of the one thinking them alive. Um, and he man, deep Brad on one possession. Where I was, man, there's only five ten guys in the league who can do that. So um, that's kind of where I landed there. Yeah, and for 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 Kyrie, for me, I, I think it's just 28 points a game. It's not that Jalen Brown is is too far behind that, but Kyrie has just been unbelievably smooth, and when he's there, consistent for that Nets team. And I I am choosing. I'm not implying that that you were, but I am choosing not to hold that absence against him. Um, you know, I think th those those missed games are under a different category than some of the other missed games that we've seen. Um, around around the league this season um and uh, unless we we have good reason to believe that um he should have been there and should have been playing then i'm not going to hold that against him and when he's been there it's just been remarkable the, the nets offense is is incredible and uh you know we got to see it firsthand uh in, in what was one of the better wizards games of the year that 149 146 win um but jalen was was right on the line for me that was uh that clearly would have been the starter if i didn't go with with Kyrie, they, uh, that, um, that Celtics group, uh, he and, and Tatum, I, I have Tatum as a reserve uh, as well. Both of them averaging 26 points a game uh, for that Celtics team has struggled as of late, but um, th there's not much of a conversation. I, I think for those two, they're both in uh, my yeah. other reserves that I have uh, James Harden, Ben Simmons, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton uh, and Bam Adebayo. What did you have on the reserve front? I had Kyrie Harden, Adebayo, Middleton, Tatum and then my last two were kind of difficult like I think those five plus my starters are like shoe-ins I think Julius Randle made a statement last night um and the Knicks have been really solid uh, they've won at least three in a row after they beat us uh and I I just think they're playing really well and he is everything to them um so I I didn't have him on it. I had Simmons at first instead of Randall, like as of yesterday, but I've moved Simmons off for Randall, although Simmons had a great game last night too. Um, and then I think Levine, it's just time. Like it's kind of, I get why he hasn't been an all-star before, but 
I think it's time for him to be an all-star. His numbers are up. He's playmaking. He's playing better defense. The Bulls, you know, they're a little under 500, but been dealing with a lot of injuries, COVID, um, and, and he's been sensational. Uh, we've seen it firsthand. We've played him three times already. And I think you see from the way other players talk about him, like he's legit. Um, I think it's time. He's made a huge, huge step, I think, in his attitude this season. Yeah, I agree. And I had Randall close, but for me, Levine, and I know this is, he, the numbers are there. This is what I'm about to say is hardly the only argument for him. Um, but my God, is there a guy that you want to see in an all-star environment more than Zach Levine? I mean, like he, <laughs> the way he plays his athleticism, his speed, the way he, he jumps, that's exactly what you want to see in an all-star game. And like I said, that's not, that is not sound logic. That is not the only way you should approach making these decisions. Um, but well, that's why we don't actually vote on it. So it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah. And like I said, Bam Adebayo, he was, he was close. Um, you know, other guys that I thought were, were right there on, on the bubble, Trey Young, the counting numbers are insane. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet was close for me. Nikola Vucevic deserves some love, but, um, as they say, there are only 12 spots. Um, so un unless you have anything to add to the Eastern conference, um, then we can transition over to the West, which, um, holy cow, there are a lot of good players in the Western conference. Um, yeah, I was just going to add, I think, I think Drew Holiday, and you're seeing it on this Bucks West Coast road trip, adds so much to that team. His advanced numbers are crazy. Um, I think he's right there. He was, he was pretty close. And, yeah, with Trey, I just think the Hawks have kind of underachieved. Um, not that it's one singular person's fault, but um, I feel like he's kind of taken a seat back. And But I still think, you know, he has a chance to make All-NBA if they, they turn things around and stuff like that. Yeah, Trey's counting numbers are always going to be there. And I, I, I hate to, to do this with when somebody's been great, but his all-star appearances are going to come. Um, yeah. He's had a long career and have a lot of seasons where he averages 28, 29, 30 plus points a game. Um, his time will come, but I, I think like there's only 12 spots. So um, we'll see. And then out in the West, I think maybe the most interesting conversation uh, around all-star starters is that Western conference guard spot. Um, I, I think in, you know, you let me know if you disagree, but there's three guys for those two spots, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, and Luka Doncic, I think is where um, the intrigue really starts and finishes for this Western conference roster. I went with Steph and Dame. Um, I, I think the, the profiles, the statistical outlook for those three guys is almost identical. Um, I think if you could start three guards, they probably all start. And I, I probably move Kawhi into a reserve spot. Um, and kind of in the same way that Zach Levine is everything you want to see in an all-star game. I think that logic applies to all three of these guys. Um, I, I think you can make an argument for all three of them, but I, I went Luca in the reserve spot just because the, at some point um, in very, very close tie-breaking situations, that's when I kind of start to factor in team success. And, um, you know, the Mavericks have, have struggled a little bit this season, like the Wizards for, for a number of reasons. Um, but I'm going to weigh that in here in this decision. And what, what Steph has done has just been absolutely remarkable. It's 2015-16 MVP Steph quality. And then uh, Dame's been been remarkable with CJ McCollum missing time, some of the other big guys missing time. Um, it's not a knock on Luka. You can only pick pick two here. Um, and, and like I said, he probably starts if there's three guard spots. But what did you do at that spot? Yeah, that's been my, my biggest uh, thing, I think, from All-Stars. Like, I... I truly believe Dame has earned the right over Luca this year because of, you know, people say, well, Luca's dealing with guys being out. It's like, well, look at who Dame has played with this year and they've grinded. And 
I mean, it's not just Dane, like the whole team, the coaching have done a great job. I just think like the fact that they have a better record than Dallas, like you said, when it comes down to it, I think it just tells you right then, there and then, or, and then for Steph, I mean, they're, oh, I wouldn't say they're overachieving because they have Steph Curry, but like, they're definitely better than I think people thought they would be. So, um, especially without clay and, uh, in the way like Draymond's been a little up and down, uh, you know, they're relying a lot on Wiseman. They don't have the same kind of depth as they've had in past years. So that's kind of where I landed. I didn't know if we would dif- differ on that. Um, but I, I'm definitely a big proponent of Luca not starting. And again, like you said, it's not his fault. I just think like you just, it comes down to success and that's just what, what happens. Yeah. And then those, those three front court spots, I think, um, are all pretty close to locks. Again, you let me know if you disagree, but I went with Kawhi, LeBron, and, and Jokic. Um, Kawhi is just an absolute rock. And I don't think he gets enough credit for his playmaking this year. And he's averaging five assists a game. And for a team that doesn't really have a true point guard, um, they really rely on those those five assists a game. And um, he's just a rock. He's so steady. He, he is... Um, everything that team needs every single night and, and they just, they continue to win and he continues to produce LeBron is just straight up playing at an MVP level way past the time when a player should be playing at an MVP level. And I don't think any love that he gets this season, whether it's from an all-star perspective or early MVP conversation is based on legacy. It's based on how he's playing this year. Um, I'm, I'm stealing this take from somebody. I, I forget where I heard it, but um, and I thought it was a, a perfect encapsulation of what LeBron is doing. It's not the best he's ever looked, but it is the most sure of what he's good at and what he's not that he's ever been. And when you, when you play with that approach, it just, it's so smooth. It's flawless. Um, and it's probably my favorite LeBron that I've, I've watched that those early heat years were physically imposing and, and athletically impressive to watch and, that's not all they were. They were some of the best seasons in NBA history, but this is just different. Um, and, and there's not a conversation to be had. He is an all-star starter in year 100 of his career. Uh, and then Nikola Jokic is probably the best big man in the league to average 26 and a half, 11 and a half and eight and a half is absolute nonsense for a center. Um, and he just continues to get better. And, uh, the wizards will see him on Wednesday night. So, um, they will have their hands full trying to slow him down, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know how you can put anybody else in, uh, in that center spot for the Western conference starters. What about you? No, I mean, that's, it's pretty simple for me. Those three have locked it in. Haven't seen a lot of Kawhi this year, but I think, you know, the Clippers are a deep team and he's, he's making that engine run. I have PG on my bench too here. Um, and yeah, yoga just kind of been, you know, besides LeBron, the best player in the West this year. So um, I think it's been like LeBron, Jokic, Steph. So um, easy, easy there. Um, my reserves were Luca, AD, PG, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Just, you know, got to reward the Jazz for what they've been doing. Just remarkable. Uh, and then Devin Booker, um, actually not having as statistically sound as a year he had last year, where I think was his first all-star appearance, but the team success. He's the best player on the team. Um, you could argue Chris Paul deserves to be in with him. And then I put Zion last kind of similar to your Zach Levine, but I mean, his numbers are crazy. Uh, he's been playing a lot better as of late. Uh, 
And I just, you know, I look at my, my other snubs, DeMar DeRozan, Brandon Ingram, Chris Paul, De'Aaron Fox, like at that point, it's just, I just think Zion, when you look at game planning for the opponent, what are teams worried about? They're worried about stopping Zion. If you can neutralize Zion when you play the Pelicans, you have a much better chance of winning. I don't know if you can say the same for those other players. So um, that's what I took into account. I think, you know, the Spurs are playing better than the other teams, but at a certain point, that's coaching. That's they're getting a lot out of a lot of players there. Um, Wish I could reward them in some way, but it's the all-star game. It's not the best team game. And I know that kind of sounds redundant when we pick someone based on their team success, but, it's it's not it's apples to oranges in this situation. All right, I have the exact same Western Conference reserves as you, except for one spot. I went with De'Aaron just instead of Zion. I think they're both really really well deserving. But the usage that Fox has to endure every single night for I think a team that has exceeded expectations is, is super impressive. Um, Zion just as deserving. Um, he has a little extra help I think from somebody like Brandon Ingram uh, and some of the other guys on that team than I, I see De'Aaron Fox having. Um, Kind of like you said, though, there's so many guys that are deserving. We're, we're really splitting hairs when it comes down to these final spots. I think you could really go either way. But um, I, I just I love watching Fox play uh, and, and I'm going to give him that final spot. Echo everything you said regarding those Suns players. Booker's been been really, really good. And I, 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 I struggled. I went back and forth between him and Chris Paul, just as you said. Um, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least shout out the Jazz a little bit. They've just been so unbelievably good over over the last couple of weeks. I went with, as you did, Gobert and Mitchell. Um, it sucks to leave Conley off that that narrative is going to continue, but um, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think there's room for three. And when you look at uh, what what Gobert and, and Mitchell have done this season, it's uh, I don't know. I, I have a hard time making a case against either one of one of those two. Um, so. Uh, as always, it's tough, but there's only 12 spots. Um, you know, a few other uh, tough cuts. I think you mentioned Zion. I had Brandon Ingram just behind Zion in, in that sense. He's been uh, he's been steady. DeMar DeRozan has been fun for, uh, I, I think, a surprising Spurs team. Uh, and then I mentioned Mike Conley already. But um, that's that. I don't know if you have any other notes that you would like to add about uh, either All-Star. But um, we will we will see final results, at least for starters, on Thursday. Um and the All-Star weekend is, is fast approaching, early March, and um, you know it's, it's going to look different, but uh, it'll be fun. There, there's, there's nothing like All-Star weekend, and um, you know, we, we learned just the other day that they're going to also include a slam dunk and three-point competition, so it will at least in some way replicate the normal years. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, it'll, be, it'll be different. I hope, you know, once the players are there, I know the idea isn't being well-received, but it's, I'm sure it's going to happen. Uh, and if not, you know, everyone just gets a break and they still name all-stars either way. I think, you know, all-star has importance in contract negotiations and leverage and all that stuff. So at least naming them is important. Again, I, I feel like the weekend will happen. We'll all have to watch it. Hopefully everyone stays safe and uh, always looking forward to it. Looking forward to that time off, seeing the second half of the schedule come out soon and, and all that good stuff. Um, we're more than a third way through the year at least for the Wizards and Gates played. I know most teams are much beyond that, but um, looking forward to, to what's to come. All right. Well, we covered a lot here today, and I think that's going to that's gonna do it for us for this episode. Um, as we mentioned, Wizards are going to close up the homestand on Wednesday against the Nuggets and then hit the road for a long, difficult West Coast road trip. So there will be 
plenty of conversation to be had for what, what should be a pretty important stretch coming up. We will check in again soon.